Great stuff. Well, have you had a good time over New Year? Great stuff. Well, we're in for a great year this year. How many believe we're in for a great year? Every year is a great year in God. It just is a different. It's always different. Why don't you open up your Bible with me, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. I want to just start here. Then we go back to where we were last week. I want to talk uh, about, and here it is, the prayer of kings. I want to do the prayer of kings. I want to look at a particular prayer in the Old Testament. Uh, but let's just have a look and see our identity first of all. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you, you are. You are a royal priesthood. Oh, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. And now you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. Notice the, uh, the, the, the key thing I want to bring in here is you are the people of God, a royal priesthood. How many know you're royalty? You're born into a royal family. When you and I give our lives to Jesus Christ, God puts His own spirit and DNA into us. We become changed on the inside through experiencing Christ. We become royalty, part of a kingly family. And of course, we need to keep remembering who we are. That's why I keep saying here, you are. You are chosen. You're a generation chosen by God. You're not a nobody, you're nothing. No matter what happened last year, no matter what struggles you had, what pressures, what difficulties, what challenges, today is a new day for God's chosen people. Today and this year is a year for great things for you. I can tell you for certain as you start this year, God has great things ahead for you. He has great things ahead for us. Whether they come about, of course, relies on us making good decisions and connecting with Him. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So this year, God has things for you to do. He has relationships for you to build. He has things for you to accomplish. He has giants for you to bring down. This year, it's all out there. God has got many opportunities planned for you for this year. And I love that. I love coming into a new year. And we need to be continually reminded as we come into a new year who you are in Christ. You are a chosen generation. You are royalty who has access to God. Let me hear it is. You are a king on assignment from heaven in the earth. So I want us during this year to have our mind set on who we are. You are kings on assignment from heaven in the earth. You are a king on assignment, a role to serve and advance the kingdom of God this year. So the question is, what will advance this year because of your efforts and because of mine? Why don't you turn with me in uh, 1 uh, Chronicles chapter 4? <clears throat> 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Our assignment is to make Jesus Christ known. Huh? Make Jesus Christ known. You may think your assignments make a lot of money, but the purpose of making a lot of money is to make Christ known. To make Him known. Let's look in 1 Chronicles, and I want to pick up just two verses we're going to look at. I want to share with you just five simple things out of those uh, two verses. Here it is, and it says, it's a list of genealogy, and uh, it's going through a whole list of names, and you could look through it and think it's boring and turn over and say, I'm bored. But then in the middle of verse 9, suddenly the Holy Spirit stops 
and draws attention to one particular person. In other words, not only was everyone significant, but one stood out from among everyone else. Now, Jabez was more honorable. He was more weighty. There was something about him that was distinctive. He was distinctive, and he stood out above all his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, meaning pain or sorrow, saying, because I bore him in pain. So her pregnancy, no doubt, was filled with some kind of sorrows and pains. There's no mention of the father here. Presumably the father died, was murdered, or had an accident, or something happened. But the mother carried this child. There was tremendous pain. And so she never got over. She never handled her pain, so she put it on him. She labeled him pain or sorrow. That's not a very good way to start life, is it? You're called a bit of a pain. You're an inconvenience. You arrived, you upset everything. You know, we had our financial plan, and then suddenly my wife got pregnant, and the plan was over. What a pain, you know? We weren't married, and she had a baby, and what a pain. I mean, there's many, many ways you could put this out, but at the end of the day, there was something of great grief and sorrow in the family at that time. And the thing that makes them stand out was he was unwilling to stay in a place of pain. He was unwillingness to stay in a place of sorrow. He was unwilling to stay in a place of negativity and defeat. The Bible says he was more honorable than all those around him because he rose up and he dared to believe that God could take the adversity of his past, the failures and the pain and the grief, and do something in his life that would make him stand out and distinctive. Now, do you believe that's what made him distinctive, of course, was not only did he believe in his heart and rise up in faith, but he actually got what he asked for. It says God gave him what he asked for. So God must have liked his prayer. And I pray that this year this will be the prayer on everyone's heart. Here's the prayer he prayed. He called on the God of Israel, Oh, bless me indeed. God, bless me abundantly every area of my life, I want to see your manifest presence and blessing. Oh God, that you would enlarge my territory, increase my influence, give me influence that goes well beyond what I've ever had. Multiply the extent of my territory. Oh God, that you would keep me from evil. Your hand would be with me. You would keep me from evil. So I want to just go through and pick several things on there. And it says, this is the bit I like. He said, God granted him what he asked. God granted him what he asked. And I pray that this year that you will have things you'll ask God, and that not only will you ask God, that you'll break through in your prayer, and by the end of the year you'll be able to say and testify very boldly, hey, God gave me what I asked for this year. God gave me what I asked for. Jesus said, that's how you glorify God, by answered prayer. So how God is glorified when you have breakthroughs in prayer and you see heaven come into the earth, that brings great honor to God. If we're going to bring honor to God, we need to see His supernatural provision come in to the earth. See, this man here, he says God gave him something. He got hold of God and God gave him something that he never had before. I wonder if at the end of this year you will have things in your life you never had before because you dared to believe and rise up in prayer. Hey, what a great thing. Have you got some things to pray for? We've got a season of prayer and fasting come up. I encourage you before you even get into the three weeks of prayer and fasting that you take time to identify what is it this year I want to believe God to break through in. Let me just give you a few things that he said because obviously God liked his prayer. The first thing, I want to share with you five things about this prayer. 
The first thing is it's incredibly personal. Notice what he said. Look, it seems selfish, doesn't it? Oh, bless me. Enlarge my territory, your hand with me. Keep me from evil. Notice me turns up four times there. Now you'd say, well, what an extremely selfish man. He's just praying for himself. No, in fact, actually, it's completely the opposite. I have found an interesting thing, that when people have rejection in their heart, when we don't see ourselves as God sees us, when we don't agree with what God says, you're a son of the living God, you're a child of the living God, then our heart gets filled with unbelief, and we don't rise up. We can pray for the world. It's easy to pray for the world. You don't need faith to do that. You can pray for someone else to get blessed. It's a little bit easier to pray for someone else to get blessed than to actually dare to believe in your heart God desires to bless you personally. I believe many people do not pray because in their heart they're so gripped with rejection and low esteem they are filled with unbelief and don't dare to believe God wants to bless you. Let's say it. God wants to bless me. In 2011, God wants to bless me. So what are you going to believe for? It's personal, see? It's very personal. He wants to bless me. He wants to bless me. Get it in your heart. This is a personal prayer. Now, it's easy to pray for this one and that one and pray for someone over there who needs help and whatever, and, and it's right for us to do that. That's called intercession, praying for others. But there's an area where you need to learn how to pray for ourselves that we could be increased in capacity, in territory, in influence, in favor and presence of God. And I want us at the beginning of this year as a church to get it in our heart, this year God is going to bless me. And I believe if we've got five, six, seven hundred people in this church and God is blessing everyone, their whole church has got to be blessed let alone the community as well. So number one, notice the word me. Without faith, you can't please God. There's got to be a part of our prayer life where we begin to believe and meditate on what God says about me, what God says about you, what God says about uh, your, your positioning with Him. You are accepted in the beloved. You have access to the throne of grace. If that gets in your heart, then when you stand and pray, it's not going to be prayers riddled with guilt and shame. It's going to be prayers, Oh God, I come boldly into your presence as a son of the living God. I stand before you, yielded to you. See, your prayer life changes when you believe that God wants to do something for you. So make it personal. So what are the heart issues? that you need to break through? What are the beliefs that hinder you believing God would do something for your life? I tell you what is, most of the time it's because we prayed and had a disappointment. You prayed and then had another disappointment, then you had another disappointment, then after a while you got to believe in your heart, well, God doesn't really answer my prayers, but I, don't, I know He answers other people's prayers. I pray for them. No, determine you'll move past your sorrows and pains and regrets. That's what this guy did. He refused to believe that no matter how bad he said, he refused to believe he couldn't have a great future. Your future is what you choose. It's not dependent on what someone else said or did. It depends on what you and I choose to do with ourselves this year. And the greatest person you can invest in is yourself. Invest something in yourself this year. Invest in growth. Invest in prayer. Invest 
in your relationship with God. Invest in, start to invest in yourself this year so that you don't stay limited where you are, but begin to grow and increase. So what areas do you want God to manifest something in your life? Here's the second thing is, oh, that you would bless me. And not only that, bless me indeed, bless me in abundance. What he's saying is, God, I want your presence. I want your person. I want to know you. I want to experience wherever I am. I want your blessing on my life. Joseph was a blessed man. And the Bible says you could see the blessing on him because everything he did came to life. When God's hand is on you blessing, you things that you do have life in them. When God is pouring his blessing out over you and it's manifest in the earth in a tangible way, it shows up at home. It shows up at work. It shows up in the community. It shows up in your relationships. When your life is in bondage and restricted by fear, unbelief, or other kinds of things, what happens is there's a lack of flow from your life to others. So, oh, that God would bless me. Because this is an Old Testament prayer in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. It tells us Christ has redeemed us already from cursings so that we can experience blessing and get the Holy Ghost. So the blessing God has for you is to be filled with His Spirit and that Holy Spirit reveals to you what is freely yours. If you don't ask the Holy Spirit, you won't know what God freely says is yours this year. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, the Holy Ghost tells us and reveals to us the things freely given to us by God. Think about that. See? In Ephesians 1 verse 3 it says, Now God has blessed us with every blessing in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. That's a wonderful scripture and people read it and say, isn't that nice? What he's saying is this. Everything you have need of for a blessed life has already been given. You don't have to beg for it. That's the difference between that Old Testament prayer and a New Testament position of a believer. We now are blessed because everything we have need of is available through relationship with Jesus Christ. And you and I have received the Spirit of God. We are connected to Christ. We need to learn how to access the realm of heaven, the realm of faith, to be able to receive things God has for us. He has already provided for every area of your life. The question is not whether God has blessed you or not. The Bible tells us He's already made blessing available. The key is whether you can arise inside in faith and access it through prayer and believing prayer. Otherwise, you end up, and here's one of the challenges around Jabez's prayer. Remember, it is from the Old Testament. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They were crying for the blessing of God. You and I live in the day when we are already blessed. That's why you can get up every day and say, I am blessed. I am blessed every day of my life. I am blessed when I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head to rest. I am blessed. I am blessed. So you can do that every day. Otherwise, you wake up in the morning and say, oh, dear God, another day, what a hangover. I was up too late last night. Do you choose what day you're going to have? You choose to believe God, I'm blessed. You know, it'd be a great way to say, every morning rising up, say, I'm blessed. Sing the song, I'm blessed. We'll sing it at the end if you can pick it up. Sue can hum it. You'll get it by the end of it, I'm sure. It's so, such an easy song, isn't it? I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. 
Well, now, if you're blessed, a blessed person will behave and speak and act and think in certain ways. Now, speak and act like a blessed person, not a poor person. See? So, how can I, how can I get that overflow into my life? Well, I need time in the presence of God, meditating in His provision. You meditate in the Word, you begin to picture it, roll it over in your mind and heart, beginning to embrace it like you see it, and then you welcome it into your heart, you meditate on it, this is mine, I have this, thank you, Lord, until you begin to make it real in your life. See, the things of heaven come into the earth when we meditate and faith rises in our heart and then there comes a point where suddenly it's a revelation to us, and it's ours. And then it begins to flow into our life. So without a life of prayer, you can't see blessing manifest. Prayer, and then we've got to act like blessed people. So uh, another aspect of it is not just time in the presence and meditating in the Word, it's beginning to declare it. And declare it. That's what that song is. It's a declaration song. And often Christians seem to have prayers that are always asking God for stuff, and He says, I know what. The Bible says He knows what you need. He's already given it to you. Reach out and dare to believe it's yours. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Oh, I'm a blessed person. I'm a ble- Who are you? You're a blessed person. Whom I'm a blessed person. Oh, I'm blessed. My God is with me. He is blessing me. Everything I put my hand to, God is with me. Even when I goof up, God is helping me make. I even learn from the goof up and become better. Oh, I can't lose. Come on, that's what—that's the kind of mentality to be thinking. Otherwise, you live scared of making a mistake. God says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall over, the Lord lifts him up again. Right? How about that? So why worry about falling over? Because God just going to lift you up again if you dare to believe you're a blessed person. Say, righteous fall seven times, the Lord lifts him up every time. In other words, seven, that what it's saying is, no matter how many times you fall over in this coming year, God's just waiting there to pick you up. He wants you to be blessed. You ever seen kids trying to walk? They fall over all the time. You don't kind of, they don't sort of sit down and say, well, this is hopeless. I'm staying down. I'm never getting up again. You know, here's the thing. All of you overcame that one. Except Ian's needed a bit of help over here. <laughs> but every one of us overcame that. Every one of us overcame it. Think about that. So think about every time you fall this year, and I'm sure there'll be mistakes and fallovers. Here's the thing. Just acknowledge you fall. The worst thing is to be fallen over and won't even admit you've fallen over. Everyone else can see it. Everyone else will see what's going on, and you're the last one to admit you've fallen over. You're eating the dust. It's all over you, and you can't see it. And listen, we need friends around to say you fell over. And then say, come on, get up. Get up. Don't stay down. Whatever you do in 2011, don't stay down. You may have gotten down and stayed down a little last year, but don't stay down this year. I'm blessed. I'm getting up. I'm going forward in the presence and person of God. So what will you do this year that will increase the flow of God's blessing? That's the question. What will you do to walk conscious that God is with me? I'm a blessed person. Here's the last, the last couple of ones now. He said, notice he says, enlarge my charity. That's about provision. See, the first one was personal. Second one there was about presence, and now it's about provision. Large my territory. Jesus said the same thing, similar kind of thing. He said, give me today my daily bread. Give me what I need. So what his prayer was, enlarge my influence. Now, one of the things about enlarging influence is there's always a giant in the land. Now, when the Bible talks about territory, it was a physical land they had, which God said was theirs. Unfortunately, there were giants in it. And God says interesting things. He says in Deuteronomy, uh, sorry, in Exodus 23, He says, I'm going to drive the giants out of the land. Hooray. 
He says a few minutes later, now you will drive the giants out of the land. Oh, I don't like that. And what he's saying is, little by little will I drive the giants out of the land. In other words, I have promised you territory, I promised you blessing, and there are giants, giants of fear, giants of doubt, giants of unbelief, giants of disappointment, giants of grief, giants of rejection. There are things to overcome if you want to expand your territory, expand your influence in this coming year. But he said, notice this, I've already achieved it for you. You have to arise, believe, and go and contend with it, and they'll fall over. Interesting, when you read the story that God sent in hornets in there, now I hate wasps and bees of any kind. Hornets are dreadful. I've been in a place where they had hornets. They're like a, they're like a, a, a magnified wasp. I remember seeing hornets over in Fiji with great legs hanging down off them. Oh, just like flying terrorists. So the Lord sent hornets in to drive the giants out of the land. Listen, whatever faces you at the cross of Calvary, Jesus defeated your giants. He calls you and I to arise up to the cross, see what He's done, bring to the cross those issues, and walk in the victory He's won for us. Oh my, what a great year this year, giants. So He said, here's the thing, as God requires you participate, there's nothing passive in Christianity. If you want to see growth and enlargement in 2011, you can't be passive. You can't be passive. Let's not be passive, let's make a decision. Now here's what you need to do, set some goals. What is it you're going to accomplish? Set out a plan. How are you going to do it? Start to pray over it and then look at then persevering until you can break through in that area. Quite simple, isn't it, eh? Say, so I wonder what areas you want enlargement this year. God, that you would enlarge me. Now, here's the thing that the Bible says in the New Testament. The Old Testament, they wanted land. In the New Testament, Jesus said this. He said, go into all the nations, make dis- preach the gospel, make disciples of nations. For the church, the territory God has for every one of us are people. People that come into your world, people that come into your area of influence, people in your work, people in your community, every person that comes in your field of influence, say, God, enlarge my territory to include that person. This year, God's enlarging our territory to include millions of Muslims in Pakistan. But right here in Hastings, he wants to enlarge our territory to include the people in your world. And the one who reaches them is you. Every person that comes in, God, give me access to their life. God, give me entrance to their life, great or small. God, give me a doorway into their heart to reach them and let them know they're loved. And I could show the love of Christ in a practical way to them. Might be just as simple as saying to them, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Is there any way I can help you? Any way I could show value on you? Just think about that this year and increase your territory. The last couple, very simply, that your hand, that's the power of God, might be with me. And the last one, that you would protect me, that you would keep me from evil. Sin causes not only pain for us, but it causes pain for everyone else as well around us. So his prayer was, God, I want to be blessed. I want blessing to flow in my life. And I'm positioning myself by my prayer in a place where you will bless me. God, I want to be enlarged. I want my influence to grow and increase. I want to have people this year that have responded to my influence upon them. God, I want your hand to be upon my life. I want to see your power flowing. Listen, the Bible says the gifts of the Spirit are given to every person. If you're not flowing in it, ask yourself why. There's people here 
train and have trained and continue to train, the big thing is whether you will stretch out and do something. You don't wait till you feel the power of God. You sometimes just got to go step out and pray for people. Okay? Father, we just thank you that this is a great year, a new year. Father, our cry and our prayer is, oh, my God, that you would bless us. You would increase the blessing flow in our lives. It would flow like a river through us into our city, into our community, into our neighborhoods, into the schools, into the hospitals, everywhere we go, everywhere we are. Give us territory. Give us influence on lives of people. My God, let the miracles of God be with us. My God, let your hand be upon us to keep us from demonic oppression, demonic assignments and sins and temptations my God this year increase and enlarge us and God grants their request I'm believing it's going to happen this year why don't we stand and sing together that song I am blessed, I am blessed probably in G or F is it G oh I am blessed yes I am blessed Every day of my life I am blessed When I wake up in the morning When I lay my head to rest I am blessed I am blessed Come on again I am blessed I am blessed I am blessed Every day of my life I am blessed Oh my God Wake up in the morning and I lay my head to rest. I am blessed. I am blessed. This thing, we are blessed. Sing it over the church. We're a blessed people. We are blessed. Every day of our lives, we are blessed. Oh, when we wake up in the morning, when we lay our head to rest. We are blessed. We are blessed. Make it personal. I am blessed. I am blessed. Yes, Lord. I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning and I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. One more time. Declare it over people around you. You are. 